Um, well, I want to start off by uh, just leading us in Electio Divina. Um, and this, this space is about our hearts with God. Um, and so we'll just let God lead and um, be present with God. Um, don't need to solve any problems right now. <laughs> just be, be with God. Um, so I'm going to, the Lectio is going to be from 2 Corinthians 4, um, 7 through 12. And I'll read it through four times. Um, feel free to just close your eyes and get present with God. Um, and I'll lead us through some prompts in between each one. But we have this treasure in clay jars so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. As I read it through a second time, I want you to notice what word or phrase grabs your attention. But we have this treasure in clay jars so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. What word or phrase stood out to you? I've said several times, I think it's the same phrase, like the life, life in Jesus, like the life of Jesus, like the life is in you. I'm going to go ahead and read it through a third time. And again, just notice what's grabbing um, your attention. A word or a phrase might be the same, might be different. But we have this treasure in clay jars so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. 
we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. What word or phrase was it that grabbed you? I think the word treasure, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Extraordinary power comes from God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gee, two words. Not forsaken. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. And just in this reflection on the, the death of Jesus, Paul reminds us we're not forsaken. Mm-hmm. All this bad stuff was going to happen, but God is still there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read it through one last time. And before I, I start reading through this time, I'd like you to ask Jesus to, um, to speak whatever he wants to speak to you right now. Um, through this, just invite him to speak. I'll give you a minute and then I'll read it. But we have this treasure in clay jars so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may be made more visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are at work. I thank you for your extraordinary power. Lord, help us to be attentive to you during this time. Thank you for space to take a deep breath with you. To be together. To be encouraged. To be still and to know that you are God. 
you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, one of the, I was reading this passage last week and uh, was just so encouraged um, and struck by the reality that um, it's okay to be a clay jar, <laughs> uh, to be somewhat fragile and ordinary, um, and that, that God's extraordinary power uh, still works in that, um, and even more powerfully because you're not spending time trying to be puffed up or look like a ornate vase or whatever the <laughs> metaphor is. <laughs> yeah. um, it's all God. And that, that even in the moments that feel like death, that's a death to self or of a dream mm. or a hope mm. um, or of a reputation or a way of thinking of yourself, there's more room for Jesus's life then. Um, and I think about how often that's the case in campus ministry. Um, that campus ministry, through campus ministry, God teaches me a lot about humility <laughs> um, and not being prideful, but also not thinking less of myself than how God has made me. To just have a realistic view of self and to live comfortably with that. Um, knowing that God's power is immense and he does immeasurably more through all of our ministries than we know or expect mm -hmm. and how beautiful that is. That's why I thought maybe we would start with that. What, what stirred for you as we sat with God with that? Yeah, for me, the, the word that first popped out is uh, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, uh, Paul was beaten on a regular basis for the gospel and ultimately probably died for it, executed for it. Uh, but because of that, Jesus' message went out. Uh, in my own personal life, uh, 2020 through 2021, uh, I had just very intense health problems. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that was uh, just like, knowing that, okay, it's part of God's plan and I can use it as, as part of my testimony now. Uh, so, you know, our, our flesh is mortal. We are mortal. But, uh, you know, we can use that for Jesus. Thank God I'm better, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, praise God. Mm -hmm.
passage because we have a little old lady uh, in our church that confessed that she needs some help. So we're like, great. What, what? For 30 years, she's been making pottery and has never glazed it or anything. She says, I just want to finish this before I die. Mm. And she has piles and piles and piles of clay jars. Wow. And it's gorgeous and raw and beautiful. And I feel like there's so many incredible metaphors. And then here's this passage. And I'm like, mm. okay. <laughs> this is an interesting place for us to start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I see some glazing in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. I was thinking, I saw those same pots and I thought, they're already so pretty. <laughs> they're already so beautiful. And that's a thing to be thinking too. Like this, I don't know, that there's beauty in, in the uh, unglazed, it's okay, you know. And I sort of picture that. Um, I don't know, like putting something really, really special in like an old something, you know, the visually when you were talking, I just kept picturing, I don't know, like the best wine or, mm. you know, something in this kind of mangy clay that mm. like how I see myself, but mm. oh, but there's some beautiful wine um, that's God in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this death is at work in us phrase kept the next time you were you were talking I was thinking about that and isn't that true I mean I could just cry thinking about it just mm-hmm. that it is we carry all of that mm-hmm. you know there's we carry life in us but death in us too mm-hmm. and it's a very um, it's beautiful and it's okay mm-hmm. it's okay it's like Paul made peace with that mm-hmm. yeah. right yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Um, do we, I don't know if we all know each other. Do we all know each other? Josh, do you know everybody? Let's do names for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay. So, no, so let's do, let's do name and what ministry you work with and anything else that you want to share, um, yeah, even even kind of how you're how you're doing coming at the end of the academic year. Um, so I'm Hannah Hannah Parmalee and I work with Oasis at Arizona State University. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm feeling encouraged about what God is doing. Um, we just had our end of the year celebration with 11 graduates um, from this semester. It's a lot. And just really thankful. God has built a campus ministry. Mm, (laughs) Like that's, that's that's amazing. Um, And yeah, just seeing the transformation God's done in people's lives and the sweet, rich community of our, yeah, of our students, of our community together, of our church, like, I'm just feeling really grateful for, for God, God's work, um, and God's work sometimes through really hard places, mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. I'm just really thankful, um, yeah, I'm feeling good, yeah, I'll be 
Uh, yeah. Uh, my name is Melvina, and um, I serve uh, along with Hannah and Claire um, at Oasis Ministries uh, ASU. Let's go, Sunday Wolf. <laughs> um, forks up. Yeah. Forks up. <laughs> uh, Bear down. I've been. I've been. <laughs> I've sorry. I've been uh, there for the last two years, mm-hmm. so um, I'm transitioning out of the apprenticeship program. It was a it's been a big blessing for me. So I'm just like right now in a, I think it's a transition summer for me of uh, moving, possibly moving, uh, continuing school, all those questions. There's like a lot of questions right now. So mm-hmm. uh, before I was uh, doing the apprenticeship, I served a little bit with Let's Start Talking, uh, which is a wonderful ministry, four years with them and did a lot of projects with them. They kind of transformed my college, college years. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. You're the only one I've, oh, I met at the last meal, but uh, but you're new to me, and so I'll introduce myself to you. Um, I work with Dwell Campus Ministry at the University of Arizona. I'm the campus minister there, and this has been, um, I've been there since August, so it's been a year of transition for me, um, and I have loved the students. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I really treasure I really treasure them when I think of their faces and um, on Monday I went around and said goodbye to people you know mm-hmm. like took notes some who kind of stuck with us and some who haven't but I still wanted to say goodbye because we were close to them and, um, and I just felt blessing in that and joy and just looking at their faces thinking that's beautiful. I'm so glad I got to know them. Um, I have a history of ministry, like lots of different kinds of ministry. Um, right before this, we were in Colorado, and um, I led a ministry at CU Boulder, Colorado. Um, but yeah, yeah, a year of transition. Mm-hmm. But God has been faithful. I And I don't mean that just as an add-on. I mean, I really do mean that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has been faithful. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Claire. <laughs> I work with Hannah and Melvina. Um, and I'm trying to think. Um, I'm feeling really good. I, it's been a really wonderful year too at Oasis, and it's been a really hard year for me for like different personal reasons and things. But it's been a year of a lot of growth and. I'm really, really thankful to God, so I feel very great, full of gratitude at, as this, the academic year closes. And um, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I am like, I'm like ready to like, mm-hmm. like I got done with my class at ten, and I was like, okay, guys, summer Claire. So yeah. 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 You deserve I, it. I got my you deserve it. I'm just gonna start drawing all yeah. the time and not talking to anyone anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Me and God talking. That's yeah. it. Nobody else. Yeah. So I'm, I'm ready. I am ready. I'm ready for for summer mode. Get some rest. Yeah. Is this drying right here? It's off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh yeah. It's like my little pin thing. It helps me focus too. So sorry y'all if it looks like I'm like. It helps me listen and be attentive. Yeah. That. Like, that's beautiful. So yeah. But yeah, I'm really summer ready. Yay! <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> Congrats.
my name is Jessica, and I work with Amy at Well. Um, so we have we have Arizona fairly well represented. Yeah, we do. <laughs> We're missing Flagstaff. But I don't know they they have some Flagstaff. Not in Florida. yeah. Yeah. One day. Yes. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Melvina. Flagstaff. Flagstaff. Flagstaff is nice. The problem is there's no church there to really support the church there. That's a very key element. Yeah. It's expensive here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's nice, man. I'd move to Flagstaff and Harvard. Flagstaff. Yeah. No. I would say um, COVID was super hard on my family. Mm. Um, just my husband works in the defense industry, so he stayed home all of one day and then went back to not business as usual, but business on high speed. Mm. Um, and the upside is he didn't have to travel, and he normally travels one or two weeks a month. So we got daddy home for like 18 months, which was super cool. But Daddy was working lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of hours, um, so that was um, that was hard. And the um, transition in ministry, our other campus ministry left, and a year of being part time. Um, it wasn't very part time. Right. And then Amy came, so I feel like I'm kind of seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. Hmm. Um, so I, I'm hopeful. I guess is the word I would pick. Yeah. Mm. Not there, you know, like, it's yeah. there, it's there that way, but I, I'm hopeful and I think that that's a good place to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we have good students this semester, mm-hmm. this year. Um, so I've been doing a lot of math tutoring uh, today. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of, hey, I don't know how to do this question. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's my favorite part of ministry is getting to do that. So um, I like that, I like that I get to focus on that. And then I drink summer camp, so mm-hmm. like Claire, I'm about to shift, but my shift looks a little different. I'm not pulling a nice coffee. I'm like, all right, guys, let's get water balloons. Let's get glow sticks. How much trouble can we? I mean, how much fun can we have in the summer? So it's it's gonna be good, and I'm excited about our theme. And um, their minister is my co-director, so we got some Arizona Wild going on. <laughs> But our, our campus minister came from Corvallis. Oh, yeah. So I actually have spent like the last 13 years hearing about Corvallis, which is why I knew Jason and kind of everybody up there. Cool. And your elders have come down and visited us. Mm. So it's, it's, wow. it's sort of weird. <laughs> is, is it Jesse? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah Jesse. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. I'm Josh Stutzman from University Christian Center in Corvallis, Oregon, Oregon State University. And uh, yeah, I would say things have been, it, yeah, this, this passage is, is relevant because it was definitely 2019, 20, and 21 were mm-hmm. just had everything uh, shot to pieces and uh, yeah, I lost Lost all my student leaders. Had uh, uh, our preacher resigned. Almost a church split. All of our oh elders stepped down. Uh, so wow. then, yeah, I was I was in the emergency room a number of times with acid reflux, due to high anxiety stuff. But you know, mm-hmm. by God's grace, 
we're still here and oh, we're amen. still like we're rebuilding and oh, God's awesome. rebuilding I should say God's yeah. rebuilding and uh, just like that that viewing it as it was all part of his plan all things that needed to happen and you know I, I made mistakes in the process too but God's grace is great and um, he's rebuilding and, and we're getting back to where we were before so oh, uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, so maybe you're healthier yeah it's, yeah it's like a yeah I had to he was he had to transform me in some ways and I think it trans, transform our church in some ways mm -hmm. and I think it's I pray that it's happening and you know we're yeah more like Jesus now so mm -hmm. but I love that your um, channel is Imelda Jones from your <laughs> oh, just orange. orange? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Oregon. Someone needs to do that. Where is Oregon State? Corvallis, Oregon. And where is that? That's a great question. Uh, it's it's an hour and a half south of Portland, an hour north of Eugene. Okay. So we're kind of, they call it Corvallis is the core of the valley. So Is it a large place? No, no, we have 60,000 people, and in the summers we have 20,000. Oh, so we are like 100% college students. Wow. like pine trees so, wow. and what's the, How many college students that go to the campus, go to the university? 30,000. 30,000 yeah, 30, students. So they make up the... And then like 20,000 How fun. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's college. Wow. Yeah. That's like Wow. Everything's for the college. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you're either in college or you're working with, for with the college. Right. Yeah. Selling something wow. to college right. students. Yeah. Or giving Jesus to them for free. Right. Yeah. 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 Is it mostly students from in-state? Uh, I think we've got three to 4,000 international students, and then the majority would be Oregonians other than that. And then a few, you know, you got like California that just mm -hmm. wanted to come to Oregon. Yeah. Um, you, also, you guys have a very strong forestry program. So we've actually had lots of our students from the um, youth groups who want to do like forestry or environmental kind of, I forget exactly what the program is, but who go up to Corvallis. And we've sent one of our undergrads to be a grad student there um, yep. in the forestry program. Yep. And wow. we usually get people from other states, which I'm sure you probably do too. It's like, because the, the locals, They've, they've got their churches, they've got their friend group, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So we'll get the students from other states or other nations. Yeah. Uh, and then the Church of Christ students from, from Oregon. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, wow. Have you met Lars? You need to meet Lars. Lars Coburn? Yeah. Yeah, I've met him a couple of okay, times. Because he's in Eugene now, working with Bush, Bush now. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he's a good contact for you guys. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Nice. Mm -hmm. All right. So one of the things I want to I want us to just start with framing. Why does what we do matter? <laughs> Why do we do what we do? Let's just remind <coughs> ourselves. Why do we do what we do? Oh, are we gonna Are we gonna brainstorm? We're gonna brainstorm. Yeah. What makes the work we do meaningful? I'm gonna write them down. Mm -hmm. Till we see them. Because college students are in this transition where. The decisions they make get to be their own, mm -hmm. and I want those decisions to be made in a place where they have a voice of faith that's speaking into that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's a time of big decisions, mm. and that we need um, good voices. Yeah, we were talking about we were talking about like what identifies success. Yeah. Today, I was thinking about like, like if I can if I can see a student who you know because there's so many things that are like pressing on them. Yeah. For like so many things, mm -hmm. um, and if I can see a student like in a, being in a situation and see them turn to God first for direction for insight like to me that's a win like golly like yeah. that's huge right like yeah. so to me that's like when they're making when they're making decisions when they're going you know if they're in stressful situations like what are they what are they first reaching for mm -hmm. you know and if it's if it's oh like I wonder what I wonder what God has to say about that or I wonder like how I can seek encouragement for my community you know or like these things that point to that connection to god and faith i think that's that's a win right like mm -hmm. that's a huge transformative move yeah absolutely yeah when you really see the impact of walking alongside them it helps point them to god mm -hmm. at those at all the junctures like <laughs> whatever decision there's so many things pressing yeah it's good I think, uh, I mean, the ultimate reason, I think, for every Christian why we do things is the love of Christ mm -hmm. compels us. Mm -hmm. right? so, yeah, compels uh, And particularly when we apply that to a college campus, we've got the, it's really the first opportunity we have to reach out to them with no kind of legal restriction. Yeah. Like in a school, there's a lot of hoops you got to jump through if you're wanting to do any kind of ministry. Yeah. But sometimes, for some reason, they turn 18. We can yeah. do it. So, uh, and only outside of the college classroom. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, just a, they're so um, so recruitable, mm -hmm. trainable, teachable, and mm -hmm. uh, and open to new things and new mm -hmm. ideas. Mm -hmm. They're in transition. They're just I mean, yeah. yeah. So they have. Wide open opportunities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think also we want to provide a healthy community for for them. Yeah. It's leaving home, but where do they go from there? Mm -hmm. Classroom is not twenty four hours. They have to. Mm -hmm. They're gonna want a community, want friendship, mm -hmm. want a place to be, mm -hmm. people that know them, yeah. love them, care about them, checking in on them. Yeah. I just think we. We do it because we have a treasure yeah. <laughs> in these jars of clay, yeah. Yeah. and it's meant to be shared. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you realize what we have, mm -hmm. how could we not say come to our game night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so really know our, <laughs> what we have and what we have to give. Mm -hmm. That treasure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we actually get to participate in being good news mm -hmm. yes. right? yeah. to our students. Yeah. 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 Yep. 
And what a joy. Like, what other, like, I don't know, what other, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, what other call, whatever occupation, I guess you want to say, is, like, the more that we experience goodness, mm-hmm. the more we are able to do our job well. Yeah. Like, what a gift, you know? Yeah. The more of life with God that we get to taste and see, the more we can invite other people. Mm-hmm. the more we can be that presence of goodness to other people and you know that's really it's really incredible yeah to college colleges are selling what they call an abundant life mm-hmm. or achievement mm-hmm. and I think we have the opportunity to define what Jesus calls mm-hmm. the abundant life mm-hmm. and that reframing um, is is invaluable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yep, absolutely. Because we are also meeting with them at times when they, they see the falseness of those other promises. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, that the other things of life do not satisfy yeah. and do not heal. Mm-hmm. And, and we can say, here's something that really does. Mm-hmm. Here's someone mm-hmm. that really does. This is this is walking out of the outpouring of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's we, yeah, we've got different skills and training and things that we can we can teach, mm-hmm. um, but all of it has to do even those skills and things we have to discern with God what's appropriate mm-hmm. at this moment at this time that good teaching that we've received, it might not be helpful for this person at the second. Um, it's all this discerning with the spirit. Um, and so who we are matters immensely. That out of all of this, all, all of this goodness, um, it's who we are with God. That's the, that's the core. Uh, we don't operate on our own. Um, and I was thinking about how it's the attunement with the Spirit, the nearness with God, that allows us the access to, to meet with people where God is meeting with them, to understand the tone of voice or the sigh to look for those little windows mm-hmm. where someone's open to something more. Um, when at the game night, you know you can say, <laughs> hey, why don't you come over to this too? Or do you want to meet and get some coffee and talk about that some more? Um, it's that close ear, that close ear with God, um, that deep communion. Um, and I was thinking about the deep communion of God. And Claire, I love what you said about it's, it's a field <laughs> in which our deep relationship with God then enables us 
to do more um, and deeper work for our, for our students. And that it's the hand in hand with Jesus, the head on the chest of God, it's that deep relational space where life is intertwined that gives us that secure, foundational, relational space to be with these beloved children that God's entrusted to our care. Um, The journey of love, it's a journey with God of transformation, like you mentioned, Josh. It's a journey that um, that is active in deepening. Um, and it's a journey that that begins and continues to progress through prayer, through communion with God, through conversation, through being in the presence of of God. So I thought one of the things we might we might do is is take a minute and think about what is our prayer life with God look like? What is what is that communion place with God like for us? Because um, I think if we're not there, we get really burned out on ministry really quickly. Because I I don't I don't have it. <laughs> I don't have the energy to do it. I don't have the patience within myself. You know, all the things. The cleverness Mm -hmm. (laughs) to do it. It's that deep space with God. So let's just take take a minute or two now and um, write down just some words or phrases or draw it out, Claire. where are you with God in your in your relationship, in your conversation, in your prayer life? What does that look like for you? to just hold on to that mm-hmm. and um, we'll kind of come back at the end to think some more with God um, about that I really want to focus our time together on our internals um, there's so many externals but it's not really what life's about um, it's the, the, that internal work from which then the externals are dealt with um, and flow. I think the kingdom of God ministry happens from the inside out. Uh, that it's our internal reality and in life with God that that God cares first and foremost about. And when that is when that is directed at Him, that's what comes out. And when it's not, the other stuff comes out. Um, Jesus talks. To 
um, talks to this point a lot. He admonishes the Pharisees, calls them whitewashed tombs, <laughs> mm. um, place, things painted night to look inviting, but are really house death. Um, he, he talks about the Pharisees cleaning the outside of the cup, but the inside is filthy. Um, what good does that do? Um, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus says, it's not just about what you do on the outside. It's about what's going on inside, too. You've heard it said, don't murder. Say, don't even call your brother an idiot. <laughs> your heart posture towards them matters. I care about how you think about them. You've heard it said, don't commit adultery. Don't even look at somebody lustfully. Mm-hmm. Just the internal matters um, immensely to God. Jesus um, in John, it says that Jesus did not entrust himself to the crowds because he knew what was in a person. Um, Jesus knows what is within us. Um, and, and that matters immensely. Um, this was a lesson that God very personally taught me about 10 years ago, some of you have heard my story about about this. Um, I was, it's about 10 years into Jay and I's marriage, um, and I was furious with him a lot of the time. And I was telling God, I remember this very distinctly, I was standing in our little kitchen in our apartment, and I was telling God how proud of myself I was that I had, um, that Jay didn't know. <laughs> Um, that I hadn't yelled at him, that I wasn't being critical, like my outward behavior. Um, I, was, I was handling things. <laughs> and Jesus just goes, you know, I care about your heart too. And what you think? Oh, crumb. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that was a lot harder. And so Jesus started taking me on this journey of not just making the outside work, Mm. um, but revamping my heart. So not just what I said about Jay was positive, but what I felt about Jay was positive. Um, And there's a lot of ways that God God worked on that within me. Um, But... But then also taking me through, not just my in my marriage, mm-hmm. but in every area of my life. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just about doing the right things or saying the right things. Um, it was this inward posture of surrender to God. Um, and I, um, you know, I'm really sad often by all of the stories of these very public failings of ministers and church leaders. Um, Terrible witness for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And I understand it. It's this stuff. It's caring about the outside things and not taking care of the inside. Um, It's trying to hide the inside or shove it down instead of bringing it to the light and allowing God's healing over it. Um, yeah, there might have been some big numbers and big crowds and big success, uh, but there was a lot of death that brought 
was caused by that too um and it's like we talked about at the luncheon it's a it's a temptation to measure the successes by the ways that we've measured successes mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's not where the work is though and it's not where the life is so what does investing in our souls investing in our internal life with God look like how do we do that what is this richer cultivation that God's asking us to open up to again and again and again and again and again Um, yeah so so that's where I would love for us to sit Um, Melvina has been just a tremendous blessing Mm. to everybody (laughs) to Oasis to me to Mm. the church to just everyone who knows her and um I pestered Melvina about helping speak at <laughs> this because I think her her voice is so important mm-hmm. um, and brings so much richness to the kingdom. So, um, yeah. Thanks. I want to thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, so um, a little gives a little texture to what we're talking about today. Um, I wanted to just like yeah share just a few of my. Uh, upbringing, I guess, and a little bit of my story, um, and how campus ministry has really, yeah, uh, impacted me. Um, uh, so just a few, a few thoughts of, of thinking about that. Um, these are just a few things that was coming to my mind as I was thinking about my story, and maybe this is the, this is what I've realized so far uh, about campus ministry. Um, but maybe y'all have felt it too. Um, as you serve as campus ministers, you serve as youth ministers, you've been in that, you know, Jessica in that, um, serving in a lot of different areas, and that's a b- big blessing. Um, but here's just a, a few a few thoughts that uh, I was thinking about. Um, campus ministry can be hard. Um, I think it's good to call it out sometimes. Uh, I think I've walked in the line where, am I crazy? Because it seems like everybody else, this is coming easy to them. Um, and I question myself, you know, like, wait, am I like, I don't know, like maybe this is, maybe I'm walking away from this. And maybe I need to walk away from this because it seems kind of hard right now. Um, and so, yeah, campus college ministry can be hard. And I think um, we're serving in a pro- profession where it is countercultural uh, to offer health to students, uh, it is countercultural to to uh, offer healthy relationships to students, mm-hmm. and even breaking it down to um, romantic relationships to students. What is health looks like? What we are offering to students is different than what they're experiencing amongst their friend groups on campus. What they're experiencing, maybe even their households, what they've come from, mm-hmm. um, uh, and so in in just the the Jesus aspect um, that. Your value does not come from your degrees. Your value does not come from your your finances, what you're about to make, what you're about to graduate with, that job that you're, you're striving for, that the world says you need to strive for. Mm-hmm. Your value is, has already been established, you know? Um, and so uh, it's, it's countercultural. And sometimes we see students that come in um, and it seems like they're confused, you know? And I can understand that. Um, They've come from different different homes, different uh, perspectives, different backgrounds, 
um, and they're being fed a lot of unhealthy things. I'm just gonna say that, yeah. Um, so uh, I say all this to say um, uh, just a little little things that I've I've learned so far as working in campus ministry, but also me on the student side. Um, and so I just little little story here says um, in in 2005 uh, I entered University of Tennessee at Chattanooga as a freshman. And um, one of the things, uh, yeah, I, I entered college not necessarily wanting to get a degree, uh, not necessarily wanting to like grow. I really didn't know that. I don't even. I didn't even. I didn't even know I needed to do that. Um, I entered college uh, wanting to be free, and I wanted to be free from parent guidance. I I, I wanted to be free. Um, one of the things that somebody asked me, one of my mentors asked me the first time I came home for like more Memorial Day, she said, why do you like college? And I said, I'm free. <laughs> There's a lot of danger in that, right? <laughs> I'm free. Yeah. She's like, okay, like, uh, I don't know. This could go bad. <laughs> um, and so uh, uh, if it wasn't for my grandmother and her, my respect to her, one of the things I asked her before I went to college is what should I do when I go to college? And she said, Melvina, I need you to go find a church. Um, I was leaving uh, I was uh, leaving a great church, Jackson Street Church of Christ in Nashville, Tennessee, um, moving, you know, moving two hours away to Chattanooga. And she knew I, I was going to be without uh, a Jesus community. Uh, there's a big chance. And so she said, go find a church when you get to Chattanooga. And I said, all right, okay, my grandma, whatever she says, I do. So um, that's exactly what I did, freshman orientation. While everybody was looking for fraternities, sororities, um, I'm looking for an organization that's talking about Jesus. And you what you should have seen the smile on my face when I found the Christian um, the Christian Student Center. Mm -hmm. And then because I was just like I'm very I was I'm a very traditional person, I found that they were sponsored by the Church of Christ. And so these are my people. Okay? <laughs> this table is my people. They said it, they hesitated on telling me. I said, uh, and what church do you go to? And they said, Central Church of Christ. And I was like, what? I'm Church of Christ. And so I found my home there. Um, and I found a community that believed in Jesus. Um, and so it was beautiful. Um, I also uh, encountered our house mother, Wanda is her name. And she cooked meals, but not only that, she was a minister in her own right. Mm -hmm. uh, she didn't really, you know, she would never give a sermon, but she was giving sermons in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. um, this is this is the woman. She's still serving there. Four campus ministers have gone, left, retired, moved in. <laughs> she is still there today, yeah. 20 years. Uh, and so um, she's, she's a, a heart of, of the Christian Student Center. Um, but I also had the chance of being there while our campus minister, Jerry Cox, was there. And interesting things about Jerry, uh, as, I, as I was there, um, I realized he was not afraid of elderships, church leadership, um, of what anybody was thinking of him. He was, he was on his way out. <laughs> and so he was retiring. And so he wasn't afraid about being fired anymore. And I got to grasp that time with him. Um, and so this meant that Jerry Cox, during our Tuesday devotional nights, we would have every Tuesday just a worship, a meal and a worship. Um, he sat down and talked with us and he said, why don't we start asking some questions? 
and we were like, we don't, we don't ask questions, you know, what are you talking about? And they're like, let's start asking some questions though. What are your questions, you know? And he was asking these questions to himself. Um, predominantly, our, our, our student center was heavily Church of Christ then. So you have all these Church of Christ kids coming from all over Tennessee, and they're most of the time coming from traditional backgrounds. Um, and so Jerry was very honest with us and thinking like, let's ask some questions. Where does it say we can't clap? We were like, oh, like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, it was because we we were brought up and 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 you don't you know I don't know about yeah we were brought up and uh, and thinking these this is just how it is you know uh, we don't ask the questions you know, they don't we don't we don't you know you don't add to the word this is what we you know you probably heard the phrase you don't add to the word we don't take nothing away we don't add to it though we don't add to it um, and so um, I had the opportunity to sit with him for for three years and then he retired. Um, and last year we had a new guy come in and he's still there today, um, uh, Craig, his name is Craig. But anyway, <laughs> um, I had the opportunity to sit with him as he asked questions and he challenged us and he challenged me. And that challenging helped me become free. Free of, just free. I, 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 I wanna say that the word free, um, free not to not to you know be afraid to move as a female in the church free not to be afraid to you know um yeah uh be a minister like call myself a minister um these are the questions i was able to ask and get answered as i was developing uh in in this area um and I was able to, I became a student leader at our campus student center and um, found so much fulfillment in that, in those areas and small groups and just talking with students that had no friends, you know, they didn't have any connection when they came into the, our campus center. No one was um, sitting with them maybe and I sat with them, um, just getting to make friends. Um, yeah, tons of freedom. Um, and I don't want to bash my home church. I love Jackson Street Church of Christ, Nashville. They're the, I, I love scripture because of them. I do. Um, but he gave me a new way to look at some things. And I was able to start challenging some of the thoughts, you know. And yeah, and just thinking about Jesus. What is Jesus saying in this? Really, what is the heart of Jesus? All those other things. Yeah. Should we pay that much attention to them, you know? If it's not about the heart of Jesus, like, yeah, I don't know. Those are some questions I was able to, to capture and, and ask. And so I say all these things to say um, two things come to my mind when I think about Jerry Cox. He's retired. I think he's still serving at a church in Tennessee, like, teaching. He's, a, he's just a, an incredible teacher. Um, I just want to encourage y'all as you're doing campus ministry, as we're working with students, we're working with teens, we're working with youth, uh, be your true self. Be your true self. I think um, there's goodness in that. There's there's healthiness in that. There's fulfillment in that. And I don't think we, I think God has called us to do that with our students as we sit with them. That might look different for everybody, you know? That's gonna look different. Me and Hannah are totally different people. Um, I might be loud with, when I'm hanging out with students, you know? Okay, it's very 
very cool, collected. <laughs> but there's goodness in that too, you know. There's diversity in that. We're not all supposed to look the same. It's it's beauty in that. I also want to say another thing. Your campus students, your students, they need you. I'm not sure who I would be if it wasn't for a Jerry Cox. Mm -hmm. Campus ministers are very much needed. There's no ifs or buts. I don't care if churches can't sponsor them. I don't care. I really don't care. There's, it doesn't matter. Finances, these spaces are needed for college students to grow and to question and to have fun with other people, like-minded people. Um, so I would not be the person I am if it wasn't for the Student Center and Jerry Cox and Wanda, Miss Wanda. Um, and I think that's something to grasp um, as we think about the whys. Yeah, I think that's something to grasp. I just want us to, I don't know, I just encourage you to continue to, we continue to ask these questions with Hannah. Um, I think the best version of ourselves are healthy versions, um, ones that don't really wrap our identity in anything else but Jesus. And from there, our students will grasp but we're not necessarily doing it for them. We're doing it because like, yeah, there's beauty and there's health in that, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I encourage y'all uh, to continue to lean in to what God is calling y'all to do, calling y'all to be um, in your identity in Christ and sitting in that and having fun with that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Melvina, I really enjoy your testimony here. Very encouraging. Mm. Um, I have some students that I think you may be similar with. Mm. You know, every student is different, mm. but I've got two students that I can think of who grew up in Churches of Christ, mm -hmm. wildly different. One grew up in Ukraine and the other in Albany, Oregon. Mm -hmm. you know, so, uh, but they both, uh, the, the Ukrainian guy, he came to me and in the first couple of weeks asked to be baptized. And I said, you know, we were talking about the meaning of it and everything, and he was clear that he understood. But he said, uh, uh, I, wanna, I wanted to, like, be have this be my own decision and be kind of away from my parents and free from my parents mm -hmm. uh, before I made this decision. And so I went ahead and baptized him and the proof he's gone, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I see him occasionally mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, uh, you know, we go skiing together every once in a while. Mm -hmm. uh, but just definitely not not connected dating a non-Christian girl, which could be a good thing, but, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I'd just love to see him more involved. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other guy, very similar. His dad's a preacher, actually, in the congregation next door. Mm -hmm. He came here, poof, he's gone. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I, and I think there's some, some family dysfunction in both, maybe, and mm -hmm. uh, this desire for freedom. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys, he actually stopped going to college. He just wants to be out of the house, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, 
but for you, it sounds like coming from maybe a similar position, mm -hmm. but really something worked for you. Mm -hmm. And you were able to experience that freedom you wanted, desired, but mm -hmm. also experienced it in Christ. Mm -hmm. What's the secret? Mm -hmm. And for me as a campus minister, mm -hmm. how can I... Yeah, yeah. Um, provide a, this, you know, show right. the path. Right, whatever, you know. right. It's a good question. I think... For me, um, I have the, there's, I was happy because I was free from my parents telling me what I wanted, like what I could do and what I couldn't do and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't necessarily like freedom from, I didn't feel legalism. I didn't feel like Jesus was telling me I couldn't do that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I say that because like uh, my dad died my junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. um, and so my faith grew immensely because of that. So much so that. I was so in love with Jesus um, that the rules or whatever that came with it, I just, I was just so in love with him. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, those things you can't really create. A hardship um, that has deepened my faith with God, we can't necessarily create that. We can be on standby when it happens. Um, uh, yeah, we can be on standby, which is very important. Um, and I and I hope we are in the facility, you know, the I hope we are in the room um, when when those things go down, because I had the option of like just running away from God, which we see people do all the time of anger and just confusion and blame. Um, but I was so desperate. I, I ran to him. So um, that's one thing that kind of helped me as I went into it. I was walking with Jesus and I really felt that. Um, but the freedom. Yeah, the freedom. I think we do need to unleash ourselves from our families to really grow with Christ. The understandings that my, that, and it's funny because I feel like my grandmother, she's kind of coming around to like thinking some things I've been thinking for like 10, you know, at least 10 years, some non-traditional thoughts. Um, but I think we have to, college students, it's important uh, for us to gain our own faith not be in so we don't we don't we can't respond to the questions because my parents did or we you know or because my minister back at home said like or anybody like the response should be because da, 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 this is how i see it you know um and so i think that's really important um for some students yeah when we come from like especially legalistic churches of christ um there is a sense that we want to party and we want to have fun and we don't want to be accountable. We don't want to be kept accountable. Yeah. And, it, and this is the time. This is the time. I mean, seriously. Um, so I, I think there's, I, I would just say, uh, don't hold judgment for those students. Mm -hmm. I can understand it. I really can. Mm -hmm. When you have, I had a family, yeah, it's just very, it's, we don't, I don't, it's not like we don't have fun, but like, I don't know, you know, it's just like I didn't have choice. So then I, you give me choice. I mean, I wasn't. You had something. I, I mean, I love what you said in your yeah. story that my grandma told me yeah. to go find a church and yeah. plug in. Yeah. And, and I see that that's one of the things that is maybe missing. Yeah, um, I think so, the too. the stories that there you're were talking about. Leadership. And, and the, like, I even when I was doing youth ministry, um, when students would say, I'm trying to pick between this school or this school or this college or this college, and I would start asking, 
well, have you looked at what churches are there? Mm-hmm. Have you looked at what campus ministries mm-hmm. are there? You know, hey, let me, I'm, I'm thinking about either going to, you know, uh, UW or, or Oregon State. Well, mm-hmm. back then, there wasn't anything at UW. And mm-hmm. I'd say, you know, Corvallis has this cool thing, and you, maybe you should consider, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. um, we did. We told this to grad students not to go to UW because, I mean, this is before Daniel and Holly were there. Mm-hmm. But, but we were like, but because it's important that you have a place to plug mm-hmm. in. And, and I feel like that's something, as campus ministers, we get them already. Like we, we don't get to necessarily be planting those seeds, but we can be helping the youth ministers in our congregations mm-hmm. and, the, and the parents as we're in our congregations be thinking about that as they send their kids out. Mm-hmm. What church are you going to be a part of? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you plug into a church? Mm-hmm. How do you find a church? I mean, Amen that you found Christian yeah. Student Center. Yeah. Because I I feel like when I was doing youth ministry, I we would take them I would take them on trips and I'd specifically be gone on on Sunday mm-hmm. so that we could practice going to a new church mm-hmm. and what it would look like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know how to do that when I went to college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's good Yeah. I was just one last thing is just thinking like, yeah, I mean, what can we provide? Uh, if they come into our doors as campus ministers and they're new, they're just they have freedom. Um, I think being real with them as real as you can about the world and 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 the love of Jesus, loving them for who they are, uh, is really important. Um, as they come in and sit with us, that's what they they need to hear more of that. That's all I know. I'm not gonna say what they didn't have at home, but they need to hear the love of Jesus is here right now. And he and you want to grow. You're going to grow as a college student. The love of Jesus, He is here with you right now to do that with. He's not ready to throw anything at you. You know, He's ready. Yeah, you know, He's ready to sit with you and walk with you in all of this beautifulness and, and the growth that you're about to have. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Very mm-hmm. helpful. I got some ideas. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. I love your word about being authentically who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that is such a critical a critical piece. We're not trying to put on a show. Um, yeah, or act outside of what who God has made us to be. Mm-hmm. And the more comfortable we can get um, in our identity in Christ, mm-hmm. being a beloved child mm-hmm. of God, the more comfortably we can sit with others. to share with you um, just expand on Jesus' metaphor of the parable of the sower um, and talk about the soil of our souls. Um, So I love, Jesus is just so brilliant. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, I love this parable um, for lots of reasons, but when I started thinking about it, not just as a salvation parable, 
like hearing the word and accepting it and being saved and now you're good with God mm-hmm. but as a parable for like hearing any word from the kingdom of God mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like being present with mm-hmm. God being receptive to God and that the soil of our soul changes over our seasons of life mm-hmm. um, it can be a very mixed soil mm-hmm. at times uh, this was really helpful to me so I'd love for you to go ahead and read it, and I'm going to just write on the board a little bit as you do. Sure. So 1 through 9 and then 18. 18. Yeah, so we're skipping the... The, the interlude. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that same day, Jesus went out to the house and sat beside the sea. A great, and great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And then he told them many things in parables, saying... A sower went out to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. The other seed fell on the rocky ground, but they did not have much soil, and it immediately sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. The other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Verse 18. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. And yet it has no root in himself, and yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. So in this this parable, Jesus talks about um, different types of people different types of, um, I'm just going to say, soil of our souls. Mm-hmm. How receptive are we to hearing from God, um, to receiving the message of the kingdom? Um, so on the path, we have this hardened soul. And the word is snatched away. So when we think about the hardened soul, um, this is the soul that maybe is protective, has that hard outer shell, um, that maybe is cynical or bitter, that is suspicious. I'm not going to let things in. It, it cannot penetrate into who I am, into what I do. Um, hardened souls often think of themselves as victims. Um, that real hard, 
posture. So I'd like for us to think about um, what does this look like in a ministry context? Um, specifically for us as ministers, how do we know if our soul's being hard right now? Not willing to take in and receive from God in the words of the kingdom. So a couple of ideas, and I would love for you to chime in here. So maybe this is the minister that has to make all the decisions, mm -hmm. that has to be in control and in charge, that complains about not having volunteer help, but really doesn't want volunteers doing the things, because then I have to be responsive to you and might not go how I want it to go. I need to be in control. Or they'll take volunteers, but only if they're yes-men. I'll do it exactly how you want, without any questions. Or maybe this is the minister who um, doesn't expect God to act. He just powers through um, making things happen. Or maybe even is unknowingly angry at God. Often this posture of being hardened is caused by previous hurt. I don't want to be vulnerable again because it hurt last time. So I'm going to close off. Um, it can also come from broken pride. I looked, I looked foolish. And so I'm not going to let that happen again. Fear of rejection. Fear of future hurt. Maybe it's the minister that um, doesn't really trust God anymore because their perception is God didn't have them before. God didn't take care of me here. So God's not trustworthy. How can you see that playing out in campus ministry? What can you imagine this looks like? What might be our warning signs that our heart's getting hard? Reimbursements aren't on time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That real self-protective. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And the blame, the pushing out, mm -hmm. the blame of others. Hopelessness could be a result too. Yeah. It's never going to change. Yep. Yeah. Maybe, have you ever heard yourself saying, nobody listens to me anyway? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That posture towards students. If they just do what I told them to do, yeah. it'll be fine. <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, I think, I'm trying to think, not think too far ahead if it, this could be applied to Rocky, but maybe it can. But just like, um, oh, it's, uh, it will, this person will burn out. Like, yeah. it's, there's burnout in the future. Um, just because they don't understand. Uh, they, yeah, I think they're probably, they just don't understand, like, where, what the goal is, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, it's burnout. For sure, they're leaving. Not that, not that people, everybody that leaves is burnt is burnt out. I want to just also say yeah. that I don't know. You know, everybody's going sure. to maybe call some real mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a hard way to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a hard way to live. Yeah. All right, for rocky soil. Um, so this is where there's no no root. So there's joy springs up excitement uh, but the hardships uh, pull us down um, so this one we're going to call the shallow soul the soil of the soul is just shallow there's not a lot of depth there um, so this in, in the shallow soul there's superficiality um, there's an element of living for today um, without, wh- in terms of what's easy, what can I just make happen without a lot of thought about the future consequences. Um, there's um, oftentimes a fear of death, mm-hmm. um, a fear of um, getting real. Um, there can be a fear of the meaning of life, um, to really look deeply at things. Uh, even a fear of self, both the greatness and the flawedness of self. Um, so there's a tendency to keep it light, just to keep going and not look too closely. Um, some of the causes can be a self-centeredness self-centered superficiality, sometimes even buying into the American dream, Um, the pursuit of happiness idea. This is what's owed me. This is where we go. It's supposed to be good. Um, Or buying into the culture of self-actualization, where it's it's about me. I'm just going to be the very best that I can be without the deeper rootedness in God and identity there. Um, so this might look like um, the minister who seeks out congregational praise and attention, mm-hmm. or student praise and attention, um, who stays away from conversations that might um, open them up to critique or criticism. I don't want to know what you think. If it's not going to be good, um, a minister who's crushed when they're underappreciated, mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's the minister who works towards the metrics of crowds and numbers and how many events and how many hours worked. Might look like the minister who can't be still 
who can't sit in the hard things of life, who looks for the easy option instead of the eternity-focused option. So how do you see this playing out? What, have you, what might this look like in campus ministers? What might our warning signs be? That we're getting a little too shallow. sounds like you might just get let go or quit like it you just are kind of rusting out kind of cruising out okay I'm just gonna cash it in you know have fun on my weekends and then eventually your group will dwindle away and somebody's gonna say hey you know don't you think you want to move on to something else the first one is like some, something's going to explode. Mm -hmm. You're going to blow up. This one's you're going to like rust out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah, going off of like the fun events thing, like if your students can't like have deep conversation with, um, with the person, then that's like an, also a sign like no student, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, they can't have deep conversations with you. Probably, yeah, yeah. They take, they know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you find yourself being really anxious and restless, mm -hmm. um, when people bring up the harder stuff or the hard question, mm -hmm. something to be avoided. Yeah. It's a good sign. Much. Um, so then, the thorny soil. Um, this is where thing where Jesus says the cares of the world or the deceits of wealth choke out the seed. Um, so we're going to call this one the cluttered soul. Mm -hmm. um, there's a um, a lot of people that talk about how distraction the clutter of our lives is the predominant soul killer currently. Um, that there are so many things that vie for our, our attention um, that we get so distracted. If Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you distracted. You know, those types of, those types of things. Um, our, our attention is very divided. Um, and, and some of the causes for this is sometimes it's a mistaken purpose of life. We're just aiming in the wrong direction. Um, sometimes it's habits. We've, maybe we've been aimed in the wrong direction for a while and it's just hard to change course, even when we know better. 
Um, our, the habits of life keep pulling us back. Um, the uh, and when I talk about like the mistaken purpose for life, we can have good purposes that are mistaken. Mm-hmm. So we can get so involved in our in our families that we miss the kingdom purpose of life in relationship with God. We can get so involved in doing good works for God that we miss the purpose of life of being with God. Um, We can get so distracted in the, um, what else did I, I wrote a bunch then. Oh, having a good name or a good reputation of our image brand management. Um, I have to be thought well of, um, that we miss it. Um, Having financial security, Mm -hmm. one I see our students struggle with so much. It's such a big call for purpose of life, Mm -hmm. um, that they're willing to give up the greater purpose. Um, Even the distraction of the purpose of life being to have a long, healthy life. There's there's a little bit of wisdom in all of them, right? Like mm-hmm. there's good things in there, but when we make it our primary aim, our life gets very cluttered, mm-hmm. and we miss out on the, on God. Um, so this might look like um, ministers who spend so many plates that you don't have regular rhythms of rest with God. God stepped all over my toes on this. (laughs) Um, These regular rhythms of rest and of play with God. Um, Ministers that maybe live out of the belief of the scarcity of God instead of the abundance of God. Ministers who maybe are addicted to, maybe it's a particular substance or habit, or maybe it's to particular people who've made their lives about this person. Um, Or addicted to certain provisions. And in one ways that we can tell when we've gotten we've gotten addicted to to those different things is when we get really threatened of somebody and defensive if somebody threatens to take those from mm-hmm. us, like will not continue if I don't have mm-hmm. this. Um, so yeah, how how have you seen this play out? I mean, there's so many ways. What are our warning flags? that our life's getting cluttered with things that take us away from our primary purpose of life with God. I think what you said just all of this in the song. Yeah. I, I feel like during COVID, like everything, you know, all of a sudden I had kids at home and I had to take care of this and take like, it was like, it was crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. 
Yeah, and it's hard to carve out 30 minutes to be with God. Oh, right. we've got a problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think if, like, you're more, if, uh, this minister, if you're more um, more concerned about, like, the numbers than what, like, the event, the quality of the, of the event is providing for the students, um, that's probably, that's a big thing. Yeah. what's going to attract the biggest group yeah and you're not concerned of like what you're actually providing for your students mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the higher purpose of yeah of these events really the higher calling what they need yeah maybe when our question starts being what do they want mm-hmm. instead of what do they need yeah mm-hmm. or what does god want to give mm-hmm. our questions change mm-hmm. I think a lack of joy too. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you, like we're kind of obsess obsessive about different things, but we have no joy in them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah, and I, I like joy. I, I like the word lightness right now. Mm-hmm. Like with joy, there's just there's this lightness mm-hmm. of being with God, getting to do the things. Yeah, even if it's full. For me, this one might be um, I need to get a different job because I don't make enough money to have the kind of lifestyle mm. that yes. I want. Yeah. Instead of, number one, God could provide the money yeah, through right. fundraising, mm-hmm. or I can change my lifestyle to be more in line with what God wants. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, that's that scarcity. Of mindset of I've got to take control because God's not going to really provide yep. what I need. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So it could be true with programs too. Like, uh, uh, I don't know if we can do a mission trip to India because it's too expensive. Yeah. Yep. Programs. Yep. Yeah, I think that's big. What's driving your vision for ministry? Is it is it what God wants to do? And you then ask God, well, then how do we make it happen? Hmm. How are you going to give us money to go do that? Or is our vision derived out of what I have energy for? Mm -hmm. Um, What we have volunteers for? What we have the budget for? Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are different questions. Mm soil that hears, that understands, that produces fruit. So what does that look like, right? Because <laughs> we can all relate with all of these. So what does it look like when that soil is rich and fertile for the work of God? When it is ready to, to, ready to go? Um, Dallas Willard has a section in Renovation of the Heart on Children of Light, and it's beautiful. So if you haven't read that, I would highly recommend it. I pulled out a few ideas from there. 
um, that I think are really helpful. So what does that good cultivated soil look like? Um, he says that children of, of light are into God intoxicated. That our thoughts are so much on God that they overflow, that they fill all of the thinking space. So like Claire, what you were saying with like seeing our students be able to make decisions, our first thought is to go to God. Are our thoughts so full of God and what he is doing um, that we are God intoxicated? We ponder the things of God. So Philippians 4, 8, we're thinking about what is true and good and bright and noble and pure and lovely and admirable. All the things, are we, are our minds full? So in our good soil, our minds are full of God and the things of the kingdom. Our feelings are full of love and joy and peace. How we feel is full of the fruit of the Spirit. Our feelings aren't overwhelmed by the chaos and concerns. He says, don't be anxious for anything. Hmm. Instead, in everything, with prayer and petition, make your request known to God. Are our feelings being aligned with the kingdom of God, hmm. with the reality that we live in with God? Um, that, um, that our hearts are overflowing with love for people. Um, and that we love to do good. We've, we're excited, there's joy, there's energy in this doing good um, with God. Um, and that even in the midst of suffering, um, there, there is a very strong foundation within us mm -hmm. of joy and hope um, that, that God has got this in peace. So our thoughts and our feelings are full of God and our habits are aligned with doing good. So what our bodies actually do in the good soil is we are, we are physically positioned towards God, to doing the things of God. The habits of our body are cultivated towards God. So what we are most naturally doing is coming out of the heart of God and the kingdom of God. He's cultivating this good soil where when God says this, we say yes with all of our being, with our thoughts, with our feelings, with our bodies, with our desires and our will, all aligned towards God. So what might that look like? How might that play out in campus ministry? I think a, a campus minister, um, kind of thinking you, Josh, of just like, yeah, still staying in the game when um, things are getting hard. Uh, this campus minister is signing up for another year. You know, like, uh, yeah, they're still staying there. Yeah. Hmm. Why? Because God said so. Because yeah. God asked us to. The joy, the hope. Yeah. It's bigger than whatever's going on, the sadness or whatever. Yeah. I don't lean into the joy and the hope. 
I think the best um, example I have of this is like last night I was driving. We had a rough time getting everybody in the car, four kids, all the bags, all this, you know, like all the schoolwork. And, um, and so we were later than I wanted and Dave was tired and I was like, just let me drive through LA. You hate LA driving anyways, you know, so we swap driving and I'm driving in and I get to the tunnel, you know, from like 10 to PCH, which is like my favorite 15 feet of highway in the world. Mm-hmm. And I just go, oh. like it did not matter at that point what else was happening. We were in the right spot. <laughs> and I feel like that that's, you know, and when I have that moment in ministry where Claire had one night, we're sitting at two in the morning at the top of Mount Graham when everything else is going wrong. And we're all sitting around these chairs just laughing hard. But it was like God was in control. And it was really clear. There was nothing we could do about it. And it was completely going to be okay. Like there was just immense amount of peace and energy and like, okay, here's where we are. It's totally different than where I planned. But we're good. Yep. There's something about the creative energy of God mm. in ministry. Mm-hmm. When, when your soul is positioned with God to move, and there's, there's that excitement and creativity and wonder and, yeah, you just, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is, this is the good stuff. And I'm not, I'm not scared by what God's asking me to do. I'm not overwhelmed by it. Yeah, it might be big, but cool. Like, God's got that. Um, my mind, my heart, my soul, my body, a position to move with God. This makes me think about maybe Anna, when things are getting tough, reflecting on those really special moments where you have seen God working. Mm -hmm. Like I think about when stuff gets tough, I'll think back to Tony's baptism or Tony's wedding where he married a Christian girl, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and those things, you know, they can give you that peace that, okay, it is worth it. it. get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one Christian calls that storing up consolations. Yeah. That's good. I hold, I hold those. That God gives us those gifts. Like, mm-hmm. store this up. Treasure it in your heart, like Mary. It's that storing up. Because we do. We need it for seasons mm-hmm. that are hard, and we're asked to keep going anyway. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then really savoring them when they come, too. Yes. Yes. I love that. That's savoring. That's such a good word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. So how do we... Back up. When we are not attentive to the soil of our souls, I think this happens super easy. 
and, and I think Satan's really good at just throwing the rocks in and the weeds and telling us why we shouldn't be vulnerable anymore. I think all that happens super easy. So our work is to position ourselves with God for the caring of our souls, for being open to God doing the tilling and the weeding and the sorting and the softening Mm -hmm. so that we live here. So this isn't just vacation land Mm -hmm. once in a while. There are mountaintop experiences, but this is our reality with God, Mm -hmm. is that I think that's what the abiding in Jesus is. This is getting into the vine of Jesus and being in the nutrients of life in the kingdom. And it's active because we have to do things with God. We have to open ourselves up to God's work because God doesn't force himself on us. So what do we do to keep to keep being active and opening ourselves up to God's decluttering of our lives, to God's taking out of the rockiness mm-hmm. of our shallowness? Um, how do we stay open instead of protective over the weeds of our life? Um, what, do, what do we need to keep doing? Um, so I want to just think for a little bit about soul care um, and, and what it is. Um, soul care is not the same thing as self-care. There's some really good things that come out of self-care literature and work and research, and that's great. But it's, soul care is different. Um, self-care is what we do of our own initiative to try and, and be our healthiest selves. And there's some good stuff that's in there. Soul care is what we do with God. Soul care is us opening our lives up to God's care. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think a lot about it as I, I am positioning myself to be open and available for God's work in my life. I cannot tend to my soul thoroughly, but I can make myself open to God's caring and growing and cultivating and his deep healing work in me. I cannot heal myself. Um, This is also a never-ending process. because like any garden, if you leave it be, every, the weeds come up, somehow there's more rocks than ever before. Mm. Uh, it has to be tended to. Um, and it has to be watered. So it's, and it's never ending and it's always responsive to God's work in our lives. When we try and do it, when we try really hard to do it ourselves, we just get really exhausted. Um, this is always a partnership with God. Um, yeah, so let's think together, and I'm going to write them down for us again. Um, what do you do 
what do you do to allow God to care for you and to prepare the soil of your soul to be receptive to him? So what do you do to open yourself up to God's work, to allow God to care for you and heal you? Fancy. Okay. No. So what? So and the reason for my asking us in a big group is sometimes we need more ideas, <laughs> and sometimes God has taught us something that can be immensely helpful to somebody else. So what are the things that we do? What are the things you do that are helpful? For me, the number one thing is getting by myself. Yeah. How often do you do that? Oh, not enough. Because I can see you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a campus minister. Yeah, I think I did it once this last semester. I went away for a weekend. Okay. Um, But, and then... Um, before I moved, I had more opportunity for that, or I knew where to go uh, for that. So it, um, I could use a little, or, or for short periods, do you know what I mean? For mm-hmm. walks and things like that, where mm-hmm. I knew I wouldn't run into a soul. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll work on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. yeah, this is really important for me, too. I have to get by myself a little bit every day. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, um, once a quarter, semester, somewhere in there. I gotta get a couple, a couple days. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or at least 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Slow down. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is Elijah God? The angel says, here's a snack, take a nap. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, David has recently been encouraging me, like, your body said it's tired. Go upstairs, take a nap, here's a snack, I'll take the baby. And, um, and I think giving myself grace to be like, oh, okay, this is the time. Like, I, it's, I'm asleep, even though it's, you know, Six o'clock, and I should be making dinner. And days like, I got it. You know, that's been awesome. Yeah. It's been awesome. I just want to say to that, like, I feel like corporate America wants us to run ourselves crazy. Um, oh, yes. And it's like an actual, like, I don't know. It's like a, I don't know the big. It's a big word. It's just like the mentality that like you have to be busy. You can't take a nap, or you can't like you can't. I don't know. You you know, eat, sleep, all this stuff like. Corporate America has taught us that of, of that. I don't think, anyway, that's what it's just all I have to say. Yeah. Other cultures, different. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> See, when yeah. we, we get it's by different. ourselves and we slow down and we take time to just eat some nutritious food and get a nap, they're not making money off of us. Yeah. <laughs> like, put down your phone. Your attention is what they sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big one. No phone. Mm. I got to get away from it. The number of times I thought about throwing my phone in the lake. Actually, my dog threw it in the lake for me, and it still survived. Anyway. It was 
good Yeah, it was. I actually wasn't too upset when it went in the lake. I was like, maybe I'll get a flip phone. <laughs> but then it survived, so I still have my phone. I'll tell you, in our new house, we have no Wi-Fi and no TV right now. I don't think that's going to stay that way because, A, no Wi-Fi while working from home is super hard. Um, but I do think there's been some um, benefit in no Wi-Fi. Mm. And I'm going to go, that, that is my, I'm going right. to be right back. All right. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. I was going to say favorite people. Yeah. <laughs> like the people that you just know they love you and there's no pretense. Yeah. And it's just one of those, ah, really, those relationships that are. Yes. Totally refresh your soul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fun people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, two things. Uh, one is exercise. I think the endorphins that exercise gives does clear. There's a clear. I don't know the science to back it up, but like there is a clarity after you're yeah. working out um, that calms you, gives you some serenity and some peace, mm-hmm. and you don't feel rushed. You don't. Yeah. So. Also, uh, getting in the word, like reading, uh, reading truths of, of God and his word. Yeah. It's very fulfilling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one for me recently has been the practice of surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that can look different ways. It can be me repeating, not my will, but yours be done. Um, and, and thinking through things that are troubling my mind or I'm overwhelmed by or whatever and saying it specifically to those things, not my will, but yours be done. Um, Actively surrendering, putting my hands up, getting down on my knees and just saying, God, I don't don't have this and I don't want to have this. This is yours. Would you help me not try to control or manage it? Um, This is yours. There's, there's three things that I have to do. Keeping my daily prayer disciplines. Mm-hmm. Number two is uh, having a, like a at least half day prayer retreat mm-hmm. where I say, okay God, let's have a, let's really talk. This yeah. is how I really feel. Yeah. This is what I, is really going on. Uh, I, I don't know if you ever experienced it, but it's kind of like in ministry. To a certain extent, you can't. It's it's hard to be completely honest with everyone. Almost mm-hmm. like there's just a few people that maybe you can mm-hmm. deal with. So you really got to be completely honest with God. And then third one, which I don't do, is and I don't do this one nearly enough. Number two, mm-hmm. and then. Um, uh, kingdom prayers. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think that's something we do more of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big prayers for the kingdom. Uh, yeah, that's that lifting your eyes, that vision, right? Yeah. Not just not just my ministry, although that too, but not just mm-hmm. my ministry. How my ministry fits into the big picture of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Again. Yeah, and I think with that that real talk when you're talking about there's there's not many people you can say everything to. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just want to affirm us as ministers that, that sometimes that comes out of love and health. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you're hiding, that's different. Mm-hmm. But if you're just being protective over other people's hearts, mm-hmm. then, then that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a gift to give people, to not burden them mm-hmm. with the things um, that aren't going to be good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's true for everyone, but I think even more so with ministers, maybe. Because mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a certain element where it's kind of like, the, uh, people, the people, they actually don't want you to mm-hmm. maybe yeah. be weak all the time. They want you to be spiritually strong. They, mm-hmm. you know, they say we want you to be a, a spiritual example. Mm-hmm. But you do have to have a few people I think you can completely open up those. So you're going to go crazy. our souls um, called the four waters um, and it, it's it's kind of a progressive um, way in which um, noticing that as we grow in intimacy with God that the way our souls are watered changes in terms of whose um, work and initiation is it takes Um, And so I just wanted to share it with you um, as an encouragement and and as a vision that there's always more with God. Um, So the first first way, um, is there anything else I want to say? Um, That the garden of the soul can be watered by drawing up water from a well by using a bucket. And then you take the bucket and you water the garden. And that this way, it requires intentionality. Um, you can't forget to do it, um, or the water, the water won't get there. Um, and it also, it takes a lot of work. It's a lot of effort to get bucket after bucket to get water to all the areas of the soul. Um, but there's no other pathways for it to happen. That is, we have to choose to be with God. Um, so that's where we often start with God. Um, the second is that um, of cranking a water wheel and having the water run through an aqueduct. So now there's some pathways that we've built with God, some habits with God and now we just turn the wheel and the water comes in Mm -hmm. to water the garden and so this is often the place in our life where we've got some rhythm and habits set up with God we just got to remember to do them Mm -hmm. Um, and there's good that comes out of doing that 
And then the third way requires far, far less effort because the water enters the garden by a river or a stream. These are very well-established waterways that have become these natural habits and rhythms of our life with God. And the water just flows in. And then the final way, the fourth way, she says, is the best of all. As by a gentle and abundant rainfall, the Lord himself waters the garden, and the soul does no work at all. Um, I think this picture of, of um, the ease with God and this progressive journey, um, to me, is very compelling. Um, that we can become um, so accustomed to life with God, um, so embedded into God's system of life, so embedded into the kingdom, that the most natural thing is for our souls to be tended to in God's care, because it's, it's where we live, it's what, it's what we're immersed in. It's this cultivated soil that is ready to receive the gentle and abundant rainfall mm-hmm. of God. Um, yeah, any thoughts about that? Does it stir up for you? think like yeah like not even for like the profit or the fruits of whatever's going to come from that it's just like it just sounds so much better than like like the like I don't know I guess what the world is offering it sounds so much fulfilling more mm-hmm. fulfilling than what the world is offering us mm-hmm. yeah and I want it because like because of that like it kind of sounds selfish but like <laughs> um but I know the profits are you know the fruits are going to come from that and other people will hopefully be blessed but it's not even I don't even want it for them like I would it just sounds really nice it sounds great yeah yeah is there any like direction on how to move from one step to the next yeah there's a lot I wish I had another three hours <laughs> But the predominant way, um, what Teresa of Avila will say over and over again, is it's really through prayer, which is why that's what we started with, is being reflective about what is prayer in our lives. Um, That it's through this building intimacy and conversation with God that we come to learn to fully trust our lives in God's care, that we come to orient every aspect of our lives Mm -hmm. towards God and his thoughts, Mm -hmm. that we begin to think the thoughts of God, to feel the feelings of God, to naturally do what God would have us do as we learn to be more intimate in our prayers with God. Mm -hmm. What's the name of this book? Um, There's lots of different translations, but the interior capsule um, is the the resource. Um, Claire and I are 
working on, and Claire taught on it this morning, working on a campus ministry kind of discipleship curriculum based on her work that talks about this journey of the soul mm. and this ever deepening intimacy with God. Yeah. I love the metaphor. Like, I just love the metaphor of And she has one little plot in the community garden. And the they, um, you know, the Swiss are very cool. Um, they harvest water, and so there's these barrels along the garden where they harvested the water. And so you take, you pull the bucket out from the barrel garden, and you go and water it, and, and you can see the channels of water, you know. Like, and so I just feel like this metaphor is such a beautiful way to think about um, developing prayer pathways and and, and nourishing. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of Oregon too, because like we always have rain, so stuff's always growing. And like, if you have that constant rain, it removes a lot of problems. No insects, no poisonous snakes. Apple trees growing everywhere. Isn't that how we want our spiritual lives to be? Bearing fruit all the time without much effort. Mm -hmm. yeah. That would be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I love that you mentioned the poisonous snakes. That's a big thing with Teresa Battle. Like early in the journey, you have all these things like biting at you, trying to get your attention. But as you go with God, mm -hmm. um, those things fall away. Um, and there's, you know what they are, you can call them out. Stop even trying to get you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, we need to wrap up. Um. I would love to just have a little prayer time together. I also have um a couple of friends that offered to provide free spiritual direction sessions uh, for campus ministers. And so I have the times listed when they're willing to meet. Um, so Eric Wilson, who's the preaching minister at the University Church here, is a spiritual director. And then Drew Dixon, who's actually, I'm just getting to know him. He's in Seattle? Okay, I was trying to remember exactly where he was. Um, he's a preaching minister for a church there, but is a spiritual director as well and is here at Lectures. He was the church where my brother, my brother married a girl that grew up in. Now I know you're talking about it's a uh, something federal way, federal way. Yes, that's it. Yeah. yeah there we yep. go. I was like, that's it. Yeah. I know who Jordan is. So there's um, there's times. There's one time today at five, and then the rest are Thursday and Friday. So if you want to look at that, um, yeah. Um, can we gather together and just pray for each other real quick? Yeah. Thank you, Hannah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Are they here? They're here. Yeah, they're here today. This 
Because of COVID, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Wait, yeah. How close? Yeah. How close do we yeah. do it now? Yeah. How close do we do it? Happy I'm in your space. Oh man. Hi, buddy. Come play with us. Can we do hands on shoulders? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. that we have we have a hard time not being distracted I have a hard time not being distracted from you first and foremost and Lord we want to acknowledge that there are, there are things that um, that pull at us um, that make it hard to grow deep that we let get in the way and Lord, we want to surrender those to you, you know, and say, God, would you, would you tend to our souls? Would you help us to open ourselves up to you and to your work? And would you teach us your ways so that we live more fully into life with you? Lord, we know we got, we've got glimpses of the vision of the amazing things that you want to do through each other, through each of us. Right? We're excited about the kingdom. Mm. We're excited about who you are and the just magnificent difference that you make in people's lives. Mm. And we want to be part of that. Lord, keep doing your transforming work in us. Thank you that you are ever so patient. Keep healing us. Keep filling us with your love. May we rest more confidently in who we are in you and be open to what you want to do, always ready and eager to respond to you. And I thank you, God, for each person here and for your beauty and for the work that you are doing in and through each of us. And I thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this time that we've had together, even just the fellowship of getting to know one another, getting the chance to listen and learn um, from each other. Thank you so much for Hannah and her encouraging word and, and, yeah, looking at the parable of the seed and applying it. And so thank you so much for that. God, I pray for, for each of us in this circle, different cities, different spaces, different churches. God, but we are here for you. So bless, bless everyone, God. Give us the strength to 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 walk the journey with with our students. But really continue to just pull us along with you, right by your side. Give us the the wisdom to continue to tend toward our souls, and the joy to do it. The joy, the joy to do it with you, and the hope that you, we're going to be better with you 
than anything else. Any other, any other, yeah, fruits, we will be better with you as we walk with you and tend our souls with you. Thank you so much for the circle. I just pray many blessings over all the visions that we have. Let them be as big as you want them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you.